You know, I've written a lot about buying self-storage, but today let's talk about selling self-storage and specifically the number one rule when you're selling your self-storage facility. My name's Mark Helm. I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage, and I'm the creator of the Quick Start Academy, which houses the on-demand self-storage bootcamp. That's the premier training I offer that's designed to take you from wherever you are right now all the way to putting your first or your next self-storage facility into service. You can find out more about it at creatingwealththroughselfstorage.com. But I thought today I'd talk about what I think is the number one rule when you're selling your self-storage facility. Now, if you've been in my boot camps or if you've been around my training at all for very long, you'll, you know that I, when we're getting going, we spend a lot of time on why, why you're in the self-storage business, your business strategy, designing, getting in the business and growing your business around a strategy, not just around doing transactions. Well, when it comes to selling, I have the same philosophy that when you sell a project, you don't sell it just to sell it, you sell it around a plan or a strategy. Let me give you a couple examples of what I'm talking about. Brian, not his real name, but Brian's goal when we started working together was to, his strategy was to double his net worth every three to five years. He saw storage as a way to do that. He wasn't getting in the storage business to be in the storage business. He was using self-storage to fulfill on the game he created called doubling my net worth every three to five years. Doubling my money every three to five years. So by design and by definition, he's probably not a long-term holder of self-storage. So what he's interested in doing is doing conversions or new construction. And then as soon as he's got those in a position where he can double his money, he disposes of them. So we, he was doing one deal Oh, he's done a number, but in, in one of his deals, he, he had phased it into two phases. And he did phase one, and it took a little, you know, a little over two years to do phase one and get it stabilized. And when he looked at where he was on phase one, and he sold it, he got with a broker in his market, he could not double his money yet. And he was pushing on year three. Now, phase two, if he built it and leased it up, he'd be in great position, but that could take, let's say, another two years. So he'd be four to five years into the deal. What Brian did was he got his broker to give him a value. If I built phase two, but didn't lease it, just built it, what could I sell it for? Well, the broker informed them that a buyer in that market area would probably give him a per square foot number. He'd, he'd come up with a value based on 
per square foot for the unleased space and then for the phase one that was stabilized he apply a cap rate against the income. So when the broker worked up the price opinion based on that, when he built phase two but didn't lease it, he'd be in a position to sell it. And based on what the broker said, there'd be enough money there where he would have doubled his money and it would be just slightly over three years. So that's Brian said, let's go there. Let's pull the trigger on that deal. So he started the construction on phase two and you know, about a month before the construction was, be to, was to be completed, the property hit the market and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Sure, he could have sat there for another couple years and gone through the lease up process, got received more money. But in Brian's strategy, what he was going to do was take that doubled money he made in three years and then 1031 and go into another larger deal and take the doubled money amount and then double that again in three years. And as he looked at his business strategy over the next 20 years, he didn't want to wait for the extra money and not be doubling his money in a quicker rate. So what I really respect and admire about that is he kept his focus on this goal and he used the sale of the property to fulfill on a game that he had created years ago. It just happens that self-storage is one of the assets he used. And he wasn't sidetracked by the shiny object syndrome of perhaps more money if I wait another couple years. So I really respect what he did with that. He stuck with his plan, moved forward, and then deployed that doubled money into a larger deal. And his game is to take that doubled money, double it again, and then do the same thing, rinse and repeat. That's one example of someone with an exit strategy and they stuck with it. The number one rule for selling, have a plan for disposing and stick with it. Give you an example from one of our brands. Our game was to take investor money, put it to work, give the investors a preferred return, then in a three to five year period have created enough value where we could refinance it, give the investors their money back. And then our initial strategy was that we would then keep the property, the investors could stay in the deal at a 30 to 35% ownership stake and stay in the deal. They had all their money back, their preferred return, and they would ride out the rest of the holding period, get 30 to 35% of the cash flow and then 30 to 35% of the sale proceeds when we sold it. But we also, part of our business strategy was to maximize investor return. In other words, we would dispose of the property at a time where the investors would get the maximum return on their dollars. So every time when we completed our value add play and we were getting ready to refinance, we would also check the market and see what the market was offering at that time if we sold the property. And as you know, over the past few years with real low cap rates, prices were extremely high. So to give you an example of how this exit strategy may work, we bought a 30 
4,200 existing square foot facility for $1,895,000. Then we added another 24,480 square feet to it, mostly climate controlled space. So we had a total of just under 3.2 million in the deal. Then we went through the lease up phase and we were getting ready to refinance it and then put a non-recourse loan on this project and keep it in service. But we checked with some of the relationships we have with some of the public REITs and what they were willing to offer us at the time we were initially talking about just refinancing was at values that we had projected in our 10-year cash flow in the ninth year. So the value we were being offered in year four was what we had projected to our sellers would be the value of the asset in year nine. So we figured even if we got the NOI up another $100,000, if cap rates moved 1%, we'd have to wait six more years to get the same amount of value. So we decided because our strategy was to maximize investor return that by selling it at that particular point in time in that project's history, we were maximizing the return. So we had an exit strategy and we stuck with it. The number one rule in my opinion when you're selling is have a strategy that's part of your overall business strategy and business plan and stick with it. Don't get pulled sideways and go this way and that way. Have a strategy and stick with it. That's my number one rule for selling. Thank you very much. My name is Mark Helm. I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self Storage and I'm the creator of the Storage World Analyzer. That's the financial analysis modeling tool we use that creates that 10 year cash flow page. So if you're using Excel, great, but I invite you to go to storageworldanalyzer.com or creatingwealththroughselfstorage.com and look and see if the analyzer might be something you want to have in your self-storage toolkit. Thank you very much and I look forward to being with you next week.